0: You're listening to a Verulam Sports podcast from 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. You can catch us online at www.radioverulam.com. Hi, I'm Zach Kahn and I'm the golf correspondent for Radio Verulam Sports Show. This is part one of three of a conversation I had with Paul Keane, the general manager of Verulam Golf Club. In this podcast, Paul discusses how the club coped with the impacts of COVID 19 so it's um just a quick thing yeah because i want to start about asking about your your role within the club and yep. also your history with the sport yep as well yep. you say you've been in golf 22 years been in the industry 22 years now so i started at marriott hotels at a golf club right. over in hartford um tournament venue hosted the english open um three times great place to work loads of personal development, invested in in me, invested in the staff, lots of training, diploma there, that sort of thing, real sort of on-job training and really developed me and their culture was was great. So, worked there for six years, I think, and then moved to Luton Hoo, which is the new hotel, was opened in 2006. So, I went there as um, clubhouse manager, which was looking after golf, spa, leisure, um, basically all leisure activities. Wow, okay. Yeah. And it was a complete brand new opening, growing in the golf course, employing there was no staff when I started, it was me. So I had to start everything from scratch. Yeah. Upwards. So um, yeah, that was an interesting couple of years. Good fun, learned a lot. Um, and yeah, I think it's holding me in good stead with obviously what we're doing. Do were you working a hundred hour week there as seven well seven days a week yeah seven days a week it. as we were coming to you know IT system start from scratch build it god yeah employing yeah. staff training working out customer journeys to so how a customer arrived in the car park and how their journey started there or even before that with signage around the build, around the grounds and how they got to the clubhouse um, and then the whole customer experience of how we built that up and um, while that's going on, working towards getting the hotel five-star AA accreditation, yep. um, which was challenging, um, doing something from scratch. But it was, it was good. Um, and the area I looked after, we got three visits ranging between 96 and 98% five-star rating. Wow. That was good. Team worked really, really hard on pulling all that together. Yeah. So, um, yeah it's worthwhile and I think you know set the place up for success and it's been strength to strength really, so it's good yeah and then how much have you experienced from there I assume most of it have you I brought say, yeah, into yeah. Oh, you Radio Veron? not Radio into Veron Gold Club and Gold <laughs> Club uh, <laughs> a lot and I think I still learn every day not every day but you know you still learn and yeah. put different things in place yeah, and that sort of thing but I think my Marriott background, which is very much about people development, making people better, make the venue better, um, we have worked hard, training staff, sales processes, operational processes, service culture, that sort of thing, processes on the golf course, to work on making that better, I think all those together, based on my previous experiences within roles, have really, really helped me, um, sort of really push this place on. Yeah. And that's yeah. reflected in you when know, I started, with have really inf- improved the food offering, for example, which now shows in revenue as well. We show in our member satisfaction surveys we send out that our surveys on our food and never better. The first service on, um, so the survey results and service and the bar, yeah. have yeah, yeah. never been better. And I think there seems to be a high level of positivity within the membership which is not always achieved in a private member club you think it would be but uh, you still got to work hard and there's still challenges you know, we've we've had COVID and that's presented lots of challenges and I think on COVID especially you had to take a step back occasionally because you're like, why don't you just go and play golf and be happy because A, you're alive Yeah B, you can do your hobby where there's lots of other things you can't I mean, kids couldn't play football they couldn't play cricket adults couldn't play football at grassroots level and things like yeah. that and you should be really fortunate that you can do the sport and play the sport you love even going out for a walk was limited to I mean, once once a day once or a day, for an it? hour and you couldn't do anything you couldn't sit down you had to just keep walking and you couldn't, yes. yeah. you couldn't do anything else and I think when you look at that When I took a step back from that, actually, you think golf was as close to normal as they could get, but it wasn't normal. And I think humans were clinging to something that was normal. That was routine, yeah. But it wasn't quite normal because we had to have so many processes in place of you could come in here to go to the toilet and that was it. So the doors here were all locked. But that door couldn't be locked because it's a fire door. So they were then wandering here and going, could I just have a drink? notice we haven't got any to start with because it's all our day it's gone and you know a one-way system around the golf around the perimeter so you go off the golf golf course that way you come onto it that way which has never been done before wow to keep people apart from each other and we had to put things in place where you could arrive no more than 20 minutes before your tea time so we had one group teeing off one group on the putting green, ready to go on to the first tee when that group had gone, and one group standing outside the pro shop, checking in, waiting for the, for the putting green to clear. Yeah. And then when they go, and then when you finish your game, go home. Yeah. And it was quite draconian, and spending a career learning a, about ways to get people. Here early, way earlier than their tea time. Yes. Okay. In effect, they're spending money and enjoying the club, and afterwards trying to keep them for as long as possible. on the same principle, and all of that went out the window. Right, like, come here as late as you can, go straight away. Yeah. And I think that that really affected people as well because they were like, well, and that uh, do you know that also talking about learning? Yeah. That, actually taught me, and I knew this anyway, but reinforced the message that it's not a case of putting 18 flags in a bit of land. And that's yeah. it. So much more to it because people were craving social interaction. And at that point, before we could open this, it was like, nope, sorry, get here late, go home early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was it was difficult and people just couldn't get their heads around it. But obviously, people are then having their own challenges in life, are they being made redundant, are they on furlough, and subsequently they realise that people on furlough were very anxious of, was my job not important then, so am I going to lose my job when normality yes. comes yeah. and that sort of thing. So yes we're dealing with our members that had something that was as close to normal as possible, but in the background they were still dealing with their own challenges in life. Did you yourself as general manager have to reassure your own staff that fact yeah. as well? Yeah. Very much so. Um, and there were obviously concerns that, okay, how depressed is the food and beverage market going to become? Yeah. How long will it be before we could host a wedding, a party, that sort of thing? Um, but very much it would be, you know, we we're were fortunate financially that we're quite strong in our cash flow. Whereas I know a lot of golf clubs aren't or weren't. Yeah. So we had that, Security, and we we vowed at the outset to protect staff, um, financially in terms of hundred percent firming money, that sort of thing, and so we, you topped it up. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. And we would retain all staff upon reopening. Um. Obviously, myself and the greens team and the pro kept working throughout. Um. Apart from we had two greenkeepers on. Furlough at any one time in the first lockdown, okay, because yeah. there wasn't the amount of work to do as you would do normally in the in the start of the season without golf. You didn't have to, didn't have to cut the greens every day like you do in normal, yeah. normal um, March April, to May's. Um, but yeah, lots of reassurance to staff, lots of phone calls, um, just reassurance, just keeping in touch, that sort of thing. And then we introduced for while we were closed, we introduced. Right, at the very outset in end of March, a food shopping service yeah, yeah. to members. So, you know, our average, average age is fifty-six, which is really young for a golf club for an adult. Um, but obviously, we have members higher end than that who are very nervous, and actually, younger people are nervous as well. So, we utilised our suppliers to basically buy in shopping for members to come collect here, which. We bit off way more than we could chew initially because the orders were just like this is what we can offer. This is the list. Yeah. And it was just mind-boggling about how much we, how many orders we got for members. But fantastic. They appreciated it, and we were actually helping our suppliers as well at the same time because obviously our suppliers had stocks that they were supplying to gold clubs, restaurants, hotels, etc. That they were just going to sit on hotels and things, we can do nothing with it, didn't need any stocks, so we thought, actually, we can start doing that, it's helping our suppliers a bit, yeah. and it's also helping our members have reassurance they haven't got to go to the shops, and they can, yeah. we could do that, and even actually... There when, was even fear of going to the shops, yeah. Absolutely, and for some of them, we said, look, if you're that worried about coming out, we'll deliver to you as well, which is another step we put in, which you know, was challenging, but... We got it out to everybody in a couple of days, and it was good feedback as well. Yeah, as well as it was very, very good, sure. and then we started doing the takeaway service. Once the, we got to the next stage of lockdowns, we were doing a weekly takeaway service to members, which helped our chef. So he was coming off furlough one day a week, preparing that, mm. getting food out to members, and and members really supported that as well because our chef's excellent. So and they and they. And it was cheaper than probably they would go elsewhere because it was more of a service to members and just keeping engagement between at least they were coming here once a week, yeah, Sorry, and seeing and like their club me, rather, um, rather than just been being been away been for a prolonged period of time. Um, and then we had lots of member interaction because of as we touched on earlier, our, our location in the city is very much that we are yeah on the edge of it but almost in the very easy accessible from the city centre, lots of residential properties around and we suddenly got inundated with walkers, which, you know, on a golf course that never happens normally and that happens at lots of clubs with lots of residential properties around them. And we made a decision. Some could be quite draconian and say, You're not allowed on. Yeah. And we said, Is that a good community thing to do? Is to allow people on, but with strict guidelines, because obviously, you know, green complexes are £50,000 upwards to build a green. So you can't have them damaged in your bunkers and that sort of thing. So we put signs up and said, Look, we will help facilitate walk and exercise yeah. and that sort of thing, but please stay out of bunkers, um, don't do this. Yeah. The, the thing, don't bring, don't bring bikes on. Don't do yeah. this, don't do that. It's it's exercise, your hours exercise, walk. And we did get inundated, it was quite nerve-wracking. Did you have to, you mentioned the golfers having to stay distance, was that the same idea of walkers, did you have to... Yeah, we said do you keep your distance, do you abide by government guidelines. Okay, yeah. But don't go in a greens. Don't go in a teas, Don't um, don't go in bunkers. That sort of thing. And most people, I'd say 99% were hugely, hugely respectful. Yeah. Um, in life, that's never 100%. And um, we did. I actually got interviewed by regional BBC radio <laughs> because on the third day of lockdown, we got a family. He turned up with buckets and spades and a picnic and were in one of our bunkers making sandcastles, which on day three of the lockdown was slightly nerve-wracking, thinking, how long is this going to go on for? And they couldn't understand that it wasn't allowed. Yeah. Um, and it actually took another family walk in to say, you're not allowed to sit down, you can exercise. And you said, well, we only live there, it would be a nice luxury. No, these bunkers cost... £7,000 each, you can't have people in there doing lots of damage. You can walk around, we can help you facilitate a walk, and by the river it's beautiful and you're never going to see it as a, a non Um and you know we did get lots of compliments and letters, find. lots of letters from emails from people yeah. saying thanks ever so much, I live in a flat nearby, it's been a godsend because the Auburn Way was very busy. Um, Verilanium was crazy busy and it was, I mean, it did get very busy. The bank holiday Friday, which was the BE Day celebration, I think a thousand people on the golf course. And that was the day it got a little bit too much because people were sunbathing by the river, again, not allowed. Um, Police were walking around the forum helping, and they did find a family about to light a disposable barbecue on our fairway. By the river, which is slightly challenging and nerve-wracking, yeah. and but again, I said 90% of people, 99% of the people were absolutely great and respectful. It's good fact. that the police were there as well isn't Yeah, they yeah, we worked quite well with them actually, and they were up quite a lot, and you know we'd make them a coffee and they'd go out and then help us and yeah. But yeah, hopefully never again. <laughs> <laughs> Although they happened twice more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it was good. We and we actually got members on the back of that. We had golfers yeah. walking around. I've never played here. I've never really thought of somewhere to play. This is absolutely beautiful. Can I join when you reopen? Yes. Yeah. I think we got eight members. Okay. Wow. From people yeah. walking around the golf course and right. um, yeah, it was you know a positive outcome from not a great not a great. Do you still have walkers now? But are dogs as well? No, okay. no. we got the footpath that goes through the golf course. Dogs on—I mean, walkers and things. Now, with now golfers are back on the golf course. Yeah. If you see somehow they hit the ball, they have got no idea where it's going. So, got walkers on the golf course. Walkers on the golf course—it's not a safe place to be. Yeah. So, the two don't really work in in harmony in tandem. So, we have to obviously just have it golfers. Even if you're a member, not playing, you can't walk out there because okay. golf courses, you are, golf only. I mean, if you have ever been hit with the golf ball, you are, you, are you offering? <laughs> like I can do. I've been hit twice, and it's painful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have to sort of keep. It. And you know, we put we did a social media campaign when we were allowed to reopen, and most people knew. Yeah, and. Um, couple of local Instagram and Facebook pages which I worked with them they were sharing it saying they open on Wednesday we have to stop walking very thankful and the comments were really positive, thank you very much you know, phone calls, even the greenkeepers were getting cases of beer bought for them, because they were waving to people, cutting greens and that sort of thing or walking yeah. around and they were, yeah, they were they said oh, we've had a case of beer dropped off just because people were you know, so appreciative yeah. in yeah. a tough time. So, yeah, that was that's nice. great. The club was still able to do all that yeah. work in the community. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that was part one of three of my conversation with the general manager of Verlam Golf Club, Paul Keane. If you want to find out more about the club, you can at www.verlamgolf.co.uk. We hope you enjoyed it until next time, from the sports show, this has been Zach Kahn. This podcast was a Verilum Sport production. You can listen to Radio Verilum on 92.6 FM or online at www.radioverilum.com.